0: Welcome to Old Town New World. Uh, once again this week, we are not podcasting live from Millstone Pizza like we normally do. We'll be continuing with the second half of our Google Hangout with the folks at Brightbox Coworkspace in Winchester, Virginia, where we discuss our experiences in uh, growing small-town America and sort of the differences and incredible similarities between uh, Winchester, Virginia and Rock Hill, South Carolina. I uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. No, okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Forward, trying to communicate that the people we want and the vision we have for Winchester respects the old and wants to move forward and figuring out how to communicate that so that the people who still say well I still have the deed from Lord Fairfax understand the <laughs> value that you're bringing and the wig by changing it. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. Our bookstore is 42 years old and when I move a shelf there are at least forty people in this town who notice that I move a shelf. <laughs> as long as when I move the shelf it's a yeah, good yeah. decision, we all win. But if we don't all if it's not a good decision, I hear about it. So it's fascinating to me how you communicate that. How do you how do you say to the person who had the orchard, I love that you did that and I appreciate what you've learned, but how do we go forward so your grandchildren still are here? And well, I please, think that's a fascinating point of conversation.
2: Please steal from us. Because we've stolen this from somebody, surely. Um, the concept of old town, new world. You know, that's this whole podcast. and so Everything we do, we call it old town, new world. Because here's the kicker. It's so funny. The new stuff is almost meaningless if it's not connected to the old stuff. I mean, we could go out in the middle of nowhere and build a new tin building and try to make something happen. It's just going to fail but you put it in a downtown with exposed brick walls and you know uh, concrete stained floors and it, it's it's an old building and then all of a sudden it's hip and cool. So it 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 is the marriage of old and new that is the crux of everything moving forward. You know, so we got to get the young people to recognize that and the old people to recognize that. And this concept of old time new world is the best way we've been able to articulate that, you know, Let's take everything and you know, and I and I travel around and meet with communities and they say, you know, how can we revitalize our downtown? And my answer is always there's not an answer that's gonna come to you from outside. It it is the things, it are it it is our it is our the things. I is MR. ISMR is, M-O-R- is M-O-R- good to me. Yes. I are. Sorry, we're stuck in a reverse <laughs> it, yes, cycle. Right. Yeah. It is MR the things that you have <laughs> among you as a community. <laughs> <Ta-da>! <laughs> <laughs> that that will be the answer. So in other words, like whatever you have, I mean, is it I'll give you an example here in Rock Hill. Well, textiles were huge, right? It used to employ 25% of the population, and now they're all gone. Well, there's all these old abandoned textile mills. Well, across right across the street from us, there's this beautiful building that's been revitalized and it has a beautiful sculpture of a um, loom outside of the building. And inside is a technology business and there are more employees in that business, in that building, than there ever have been in the history of that building. And it's clean, well-paid jobs in that building. But it's like the original hardwood floors, it's the original glass, it's, you know, they are not, they would have not gone to work there if it was some newly manufactured building out in the middle of of a farm or somewhere. It is the history that's part of that. So... I think we have to, um, the way we get our older folks to buy in is that we let them understand that the newer, the younger folks are wanting to celebrate and learn of what's there. And and that's part of the success of of what's being created.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one key. I think the great big mistake in creating literally anything is to do something arbitrarily because you think you're supposed to. And it's like... Well, you know, if you think you're supposed to go build a new building to do a new thing, maybe you should. I mean, it's not as if you should never do that. Obviously, sometimes that's appropriate. It's about it's about what makes sense. Is this building dangerously falling apart? Maybe it doesn't need to have a business in it. But is this is this a really good, solid building that's got this great history that should be celebrated? And you should use that space. And 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 you know, the people who made that building. I'm sure they made it because they, at the time, were like, we want to do something new and good with this, you know? And that shouldn't die. That shouldn't die just because that building becomes historical and old. Part of that building happening in the first place was about progress, was about ideas, was about people, you know, using the place they are to do something. And if you if you ignore that, you're sort of actually killing the spirit of that, what put that building there. Yeah. And so it, it isn't actually, the idea of, History and old things and new things are not that different because they're actually the exact same thing. It's, we're all just people. If you were born in 1875 or you were born in 1980, I mean, you're the, it's the same thing. So it's about finding that you know, usage yeah. of that space that applies to what you're doing today but respects you know, and honors what that building is there
2: for. And, you know, the way you create buy-in is simply by Listening. You know, it's it's just like being in freaking junior high school all over again. I mean, it, yeah, who wants to do that? I know, and yeah, who wants to do that? But but people don't change. I mean, people are like kids. Adults are like kids. You know, you got all these people arguing about this, that, and the other. If you just listen to people and they have a valid point, and you you hear them out, and and you show them the energy of other people. You know, I'm I'm working with this uh, community where. There was all these people complaining about the police not doing a good job um, in terms of helping with revitalization, that they were kind of anti-revitalization. So this guy, this pastor, who uh, was kind of a hipster pastor kind of guy, who moved his church into downtown... He decided to convene this meeting where he got the police chief and and several other key police figures into a room, and all the people who had been bitching and moaning into the same room, and they left there all hugging and, like, you know what I mean? They were all best friends. Because the thing is, it's like, you know, barriers are created by distance. Mm -hmm. If you put people in the same space and you talk about the stuff, all that stuff breaks down and goes away, you know? What's the
3: quote that the only thing that separates?
0: Yeah, there's a. It's it's from I know Mr. Rogers. The story is that <laughs> Mr. Rogers used to carry this quote with him at all times, and it's it's like the only difference between you and everyone else that has ever lived is to hear their story. Right. And that's right. that's you know my absolute. I've I've personally said that forever that you know you take the most whatever like completely alien person to you in the world, and I think that you're probably one. Late night conversation away from being their best friend. I mean, that's just true about being human, and it's because we're all human. Yeah. And I think that does—that's—that's where that's sort of that connection about except
2: for Christopher walking that son of a. Uh- One of the
1: things I think, when Christine was mentioning about you know getting more established folks in towns buy in, I think a huge piece of that was what you tapped on earlier, um, getting kids and younger people of, of all levels involved, because that's all you need is for grandchild. To go home, be like, oh, what do you work on in school? Oh, there's this cool thing that I'm doing with
2: yeah. absolutely, students. and
1: and and they'll believe it then, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It's kind of like. And that's an, that's okay. an easy avenue to marry
2: the young not the old because there's a there's a divide there. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, folks who yeah. sort have of lived there forever remember how it was, and you know may not be open to seeing that it's being revitalized and being new and vibrant again. So if, if their niece or their nephew or their grandchild is working on a project downtown, that's certainly right. going to bring them downtown. Right. But at the same time, there's going to be something that you know someone a little older wants to do. So right. you know, just bars and restaurants aren't going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. can't. You can't just build a food court.
0: No. That's Right. But you but know, Sivaro can make can Sivari. work magic. <laughs> but frozen yogurt bar is the key to the future. Right. If any of
3: you guys are. Frozen yogurt moguls, please build one in downtown. Yes. Go. <laughs>
0: it's bad news, babe. Um, But, you know, I think the thing is, like, you know, it's understandably there are going to be people who, uh, the Neil falls a lot farther on the side of historical, you know, honoring what a place has represented historically. But at the same time, you know, just from my limited perception of what I see going on around me, I think we're in an era where I think a lot of people actually are ready to, you know, especially in, there's a lot of communities. There's a place here where we shot a feature-length film in January in Chester, South Carolina. And the thing is, it's, man, there's so many just empty shells of businesses. It's like the most beautiful place. But it is so pristine and beautiful. I mean, it's breathtaking. I mean, it's just the the architecture and the layout. It's like sort of one of those uh, old southern towns that's on a hill. And it's just, the whole thing is beautiful. But every other store... It's yeah just
3: empty yeah. this
0: whole downtown there's like there's like four or five businesses maybe it's a big beautiful downtown um and that's the thing we went there to shoot a movie and everyone there was so nice because they were like you know you like our town what our town <laughs> sucks really, but it's it looks so good you but know? Every, and, and every time you pull somebody aside they are um they'll be like
3: yeah this is a beautiful town but it's depressing because you know when I was a kid all these places were filled and while we were shooting this place burned down so there was like a there's yeah. literal, there's like a literal ash burn hole in the <laughs> middle of downtown that was kind of like a metaphor, if <laughs> yes. you will, for uh, how the people felt about the town. But
0: yeah, but you know, I mean, it's just like that. I mean, I think there's a lot of places that are are sort of ready to say, you know, maybe it's time to figure out what to do with this stuff now, and and not have it, you know, just be this thing. It's like, well, we don't just fill this downtown with law firms and insurance companies. You know, maybe we should. We need creative, interesting things here. Here.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, I was curious. So, one of the things that, I mean, um, you know, towns and the, and where they're positioned already, you know, the way they exist before and, you know, why they're there in the first place is so based in some sort of industry or, I mean, it, so to me, there's such a tie between, like, there has to be true action there. I mean, there is, there is the idea of rallying spirit and getting people involved, but there's got to be resources in a sense. There's got to be you know, towns were built where they were because there was waterways, and you could travel. And then, you know, there was there was all these needs that could be met. So, in some sense, you know, like there are places that um, that maybe exist away from this. Like I think about Charlottesville, where location-wise is maybe not ideal in terms of like it's not it's not off of an appendage of a, of a major city already. It's not within immediate driving distance but it does have sort of its own core that was developed like having this institution uh, UVA and now you have you have headquarters of companies and things that have this as like a sister place because there's this resource of graduates that come out of there that are high, you know highly employable and ready to hit the ground running so that's why they're there. It's not by there's sure a love for that area. It's beautiful, all those things, but that in itself is not necessarily enough to carry it. You've got to have some resource to apply, and very much I align that to the idea of okay, there are beautiful buildings, and the way that maybe Winchester has turned around is not so much that we just suddenly had good ideas or suddenly there are um, enough. Yeah, there's just enough interest. It's that there's actual reason to be here and build a business. There's actual potential revenue generation that will occur. It's not just, you know, uh, we've got some savings and we're going to burn through this until, until we've got nothing less just because we think it's it's a great place to be. There's got to be a, a there's got to be some really true core infrastructure that ties to. The sort of the real wants and needs of somebody. It, it just can't be nice for nice.
2: Well, well, I will comment that your dog barks on the word revenue and infrastructure. Good call. I mean, Good just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But, well trained, well trained. Well yes. trained, well done. Well Touché. Done. Can we hire him? Um, it's I a hype think, man. I think what you're saying is, is tied to something that is um, ingenious. And it has to do with that cities uh, flourish around resources. You know, uh, let's don't go back too far. Let's say, I don't know, Mesopotamia maybe. <laughs> you know, cities were born, human civilization was born from rivers because rivers was the first resource, right? And then when we learned how to move water around, then cities could be born other places. And then as you, as you go through time, you know, I, I wrote a, a novel about western North Carolina in the 1880s and it and it's Asheville was a dead economy and just they called them co's or hollers or whatever. It was just backwoods kind of thing until the train came through, because the train was the connectivity piece that brought resources into the town that allowed you to be connected to a global economy or a regional economy, national economy, whatever it was, a larger economy, but but yet stay in that place and. What's happening is, as things have changed, we can move water anywhere, we can provide logistics anywhere, we can fly a plane anywhere, we can drive a truck anywhere, none of that stuff is a problem for us anymore. So what is the resource by which you would build your city? What is today's river? What is the ancient river of modern economy? And the answer is talent. And universities are the core of talent. Now, you can have talent without a university. You, know, you can have all kinds of talent gathering a place without a university. But a university is constantly charged with recruiting, cultivating, and outputting talent. You know, so, so any town that has a university has a leg up on towns that don't. But even the ones that don't, if you can't find a way to capitalize on talent then you don't have the river of modern times, which is the resource by which you build a future economy. So when I talk to cities, you know, and they want to revitalize their downtown, my absolute critical number one piece is we have to recruit and retain talent. Period. You know, it it is the talent that will um, have, it's the knowledge economy. And, and 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 so as a community, we chase businesses, and businesses chase talent. But what does talent want? They want a community. Talent wants a place to hang They want to hang out at Brian's bookstore. So talent, you know, yeah, some people move out to work for Google or whatever, and it's cutthroat, and they make a bunch of money. But most talent just wants to hang out at Brian's bookstore. You know, and you choose an environment that is culturally inviting, and then you try to figure out how to make money. Versus the, ba- the Gen X generation, which I'm a part of, or the baby boomer generation, you go, you follow money, and then you try to create a quality of life experience wherever you found money. Well, the whole thing's inverted, you know. So if talent just wants a community, the answer for communities to revitalize themselves is just to invest in creating a cool and, in- and inviting community for the purposes of retaining that talent and therefore businesses will be spawned of that talent they'll move to that talent they'll survive near that talent and that is that is the modern day you know river the mesopotamian river today is just Micah. pretty much pretty much
3: <laughs>
0: it's true
2: i was totally
0: listening <laughs> so a
1: lot so um Mike and Chris, you've been to Winchester, obviously. And can you sort of give us a frame on what you were impressed that we were doing or what you sort of saw that we could, you know, that was sort of obvious that we weren't doing kind of stuff? Oh,
3: yeah. (laughs) Scene change. The biggest thing thing. um, was that walkable area. As soon as we got there, so we show up in town, and we just see nothing but the Alamo, and we're like, what is this
0: doing? Yeah, in Virginia.
3: Just to preface if you here, forget,
2: don't forget. I'll if never
0: forget. forget. Okay. Um, just to preface here, um, I like as a, a as a movie nerd, like I mean, I have been like worshiping the concept of the Alamo Draft right. House since I was looking at Ain'tItCoolNews dot in the mid nineties.
3: Planning our mecca to Austin. Yeah,
0: one of these days, it's like yeah, I'm gonna like have this religious, you know, pilgrimage to Austin. And um, so my the first time I ever made it to Alamo Draft House was in Winchester, and I'm like instantly all we see all we have is a hotel and a draft house, and right off like, straight off the interstate, so we haven't seen any of the yeah. town. Yeah. So for the record, I was actually furious at Winchester when I first got there. I was like, <laughs> why do you got an Alamo
3: Draft House?" Because um, I mean, it's it's like a bunch of cool stuff, but it's just. Right, it's right there. It's just the Alamo yeah. Draft House. And it's, I did this mecca.
0: I don't know if you guys know this one guy, but I actually did beat a guy within an inch of his life when we first got there. Out of, no, I'm just kidding. But then um, the next day, I don't know if you know him. It's, continue I mean, to we made up. He had a hat. Um, um, but so, but the thing is, yeah. So then Saturday, we get up and we go downtown, and right away we're like, I get it. And again, well, again.
3: first again, we're like, we're looking at downtown, and we're like, well, this is really cool. And then we hit that, like, walkable area, that yeah. that strip, whatever. I don't know what you guys call that, but we were immediately, we were like, oh, my God, this is cool amazing. Time. Yeah, cool town. Yeah,
0: because yeah. you know, sort of right away, we were, I mean, being from South Carolina, I was like, well, this kind of reminds me of Charleston. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Charleston, South Carolina, but Winchester instantly sort of reminded me of Charleston. Then then I hit that, the walking mall thing. I was like, oh, I mean, there were so many people. It was such a positive vibe, and it was just the right kind of crowd. And I was like.
3: There was some guy playing, like, really terrible super cool songs, songs. Yeah, so there really, was this guy
0: playing just way cool songs i never even heard of him but he was like he
3: was young and he was cool and he was good looking and he had like the waft hair and we were like yeah. oh my god this town is awesome big old thick guy, head right? full of hair yeah big old head <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um yeah so but just right away i was like yeah i just got it and you know and all of a sudden i was like oh that's why I place like alanwood draft house would come here at
1: Where that point, it? you said, okay, maybe they deserve an exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I was
0: like, I get it. You know, I was like, this is exactly the kind of culture because, I mean, I love what, you know, maybe I've I don't know, just from like I said, watching, like, listening to the the commentary tracks on Robert Rodriguez movies at the Alamo Draft House in Austin and, and me and all my friends be like, that's gotta be the coolest place in the yeah. world. Um, but the thing is, what they do, it's, it's, the Alamo Draft House franchise is about taking something that the film industry and cinema, which is, as we all know, turned into really kind of a joke. It's a really weird, bizarre thing and you go and there's a, it's, you know, there's people and their kids are crying and then they're on their phone and they're making commentary and they're completely not funny. And it can be kind of a weird experience. And, you know, I constantly hear like, I'm not going to go spend $40 at the movies when I can watch it at home. But and the thing is, is they sort of have a case, you know, but then places like Alamo Drafthouse <laughs> are like taking they get it. And it's like the no, no, movies aren't about that. Shops are fun. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah movies right. are the best thing that human beings have ever made. And, and alcohol and that. great
3: food with spinach and Let's... cream cheese and like random <laughs> exactly. ingredients. Exactly. Awesome.
0: Which totally makes sense in Winchester because I think that energy is there. I think the idea of like, no old, this is not an old town that's like boring. This is an old town and it's awesome because it's an old town. Yeah. And it's just awesome. And like the, the so moment we saw, we saw, the moment we saw that walking mall.
3: Every like every person walking by us, we were. It was like there was, there was this like sudden shine on yeah. us. and We're just like we're looking around and we're like, oh my god! Yeah. Here's like.
0: So, I started touching people. <laughs> it was really there's, uncomfortable. And we kept seeing. We kept seeing.
3: <laughs> the, there's these bars, these restaurants. There's the bookstore. When they let them out of jail,
2: <laughs> they were able to explore yeah. more of the city. Yeah. They, they fled yeah. on Sunday morning. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. yeah. Um We did do a lot of acid. Before we walk, I'm just before kidding. and
0: after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just Sorry, that was a long answer. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah Winchester Chester when comes Chester up, comes guys, up, I have no notes. Out. I have you no have uh, know, critical well, notes for you guys. Industry,
4: yeah. <laughs> One of the most telling things in Winchester we've had this discussion. I've had this discussion. Uh, it kind of gives, provides, I guess, some evidence that your community is growing and developing. Is five years ago, if something was happening on the weekend, we would go out and we probably saw everyone in this room. And now it's like Friday night, and we have choices. And yeah, like, yeah. I been not see Scott and Aaron and Joel for weeks. Um, it's shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it is. But um, you go from oh, what's going on this weekend to now having this whole you know host of choices and things to do, and there's no need. There's really no need anymore to drive to DC on the weekends. <laughs> uh, there's enough to do here. Mm-hmm.
2: It, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know. Is we had this um, saying we we say a thousand voices, but um, I think one mistake that cities make is um, in the attempt to, you know, get everybody aligned together and move in the same direction, which is a good a good impetus, and you tend to, or they tend to, people tend to kind of control. Everything heading in one direction, but really, um, the idea of a thousand voices is, you know, let's let's don't predict what people can create. Let's don't control what people can create. You know, let's um, if this guy's gonna open up this bar and this guy's gonna have a coffee shop and this guy's gonna have a house show and. The ultimate economy, the ultimate revitalized downtown has a thousand different people doing a thousand different things that don't even know that the other person is even doing something, you know. So, balancing that notion of, um, you know, we don't want to all be disparate and go in different directions, we, the much, as much as we can um, align is the extent that we can move forward. You have to align that impetus with the idea that, hey, diversity is, is absolutely the critical factor, you know? Um, it, you look at these little quaint downtown economies where they have um, two restaurants and eight antique stores and, you know, and they've done well. They've revitalized their downtowns and they're quaint and you drive through them and, I mean, I you know, I drive through them and I, I spend, you know, I buy like two whiskeys and some... Uh, you know know, crab cakes while my wife is buying like some antiques and you know we spend two hundred dollars before we can even walk out of the town so good for them and that's great but you know that's not the future of most cities you know it's a diversified economy it's about a thousand voices it's about different people with different agendas as long as everybody's bought into people being in a, a critical mass of people interacting in the space of downtown then you know whatever you can come up with should fly you know Does that makes sense
1: yes a real quick thing so we're sort of coming up on time here but um wanted to you know what sh- what should we do on a day remus what do you want to see from us how can we how can we help and, and what can we do both for our town and and for you
2: guys <laughs> i appreciate you asking and i appreciate your enthusiasm and your willingness to, to to help you know a day remus is based on um people participating and the first step is that you have to identify property in a day remus speaking very practically in the technology You have to identify a property before someone can prototype it. So, if I were to look at your town in a day, Remus, there's probably no identified property. So, there's no little. If I look at the map, I just it's just Google Maps. Oh, there's two. Okay, okay, good. So, okay. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, because Chris probably did that. And Dartmouth. So, (laughs) if if you guys were to identify every empty building and you were to identify it in a day remus, and then you were to go to anywhere, whatever, whatever mechanism you have to get in front of other people and say, look at all these empty spaces. What would you do there? The the interface is built to where when you look at a property on a day remus, if it's been identified, you see the way that it exists currently, and then you scroll down and it says, what would you do with this property? So it's it's built to take off from there. Our problem is, you know, you've got two properties identified in your community and they're and they're both very well utilized. So what are all of the empty spaces? Parking lots, empty buildings, anything. And then where can you go? Can you go to the MBA department at your university? Can you go to a marketing class? Can you go to a Third grade classroom. <laughs> I mean, where can you go and put forward the question? Hey, what would you do in this space? So, if you could organize and identify all those properties, and then if you could organize to go out to people and pose that question and let them use that platform to answer that question, I mean, we could not ask for any more than that. That'd be wonderful.
0: So, to sum up, go you know, go to a third grade classroom and start you know yelling stuff.
2: Right. Just, yeah. just
0: force your way in. <laughs>
2: See how many third graders want another bar downtown. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: You, you grab the biggest, meanest kid there, and you shake them, suddenly you're in
2: control of that classroom. Yeah. That's your third grade classroom. That's what it's about. It's about taking over third grade classrooms. Yes. Thank you for asking. Thank
0: you for
1: asking. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this is something, I mean, again, we're in this group because we we care about learning, and we care about our town, and we care about the future and and what we can bring to it and what others can bring to it so personally I'm in as Brian and Christine will know I'm I'm a real hard sell on things but um, I I think that I think that's you know happy to support it I think it's a really cool thing and um, would love to if you do have some of the stuff on you know going to university students and and classes and you know elementary and high school, like, if you've got some of that material, that would be interesting to have and, you know, maybe maybe pass it on to some folks that can, can, can think about using that and...
0: Yeah, actually, we 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 greatly value uh, feedback and criticism about the usage. Like I said, the big thing you have to overcome with this kind of thing is clarity and and and, you know easy you know usability. So any sort of feedback and any even if you're like if you use it and you're like oh god this sucks, just tell us. Like we really value criticism and feedback. You will never
3: be as mean as I am to the site. So so Mike
2: is so mean. Yeah, Yeah.
3: (laughs) my my notes will be like you ruined this. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: He'll be like, I threw up trying to click on this. Yeah, he told me to go to hell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But before we end, I wanted to open up the floor to anybody else. I know we've sort of um, had kind of a focused conversation here, but can
0: I dance? dance? Yes. If you want to. If
2: you want to. If I leave my (laughs) friends behind. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, we had an awesome time. And this was our first um, virtual version of this type of uh, meetup for us. So,
0: I want to call it seamless. I'm not scared to use the word flawless. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the only problem was the potty
0: break. You yeah. should be here. Yeah, next time we have to get you guys all down here.
3: Yeah, we got one of you guys. I'm
4: actually- with, yeah,
2: with Brian just showing kind of up. I know. Brian's way of showing up. It's a so high yeah. level of
3: dedication. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Good night, Winchester. We love you. <laughs>